Welcome back to our show. Welcome, everybody. This is Twanda. And this is Ramel. Hey, Tawanda, we were so lucky once again um, because we invited our parents back to the show. We got such a good response from everybody. I I appreciate that, y'all. A lot of people wrote back to us and they said they enjoyed that information and We just got such a good, warm feeling from it. And we felt like there was a little bit more to uncover. And so we said, let's get them back. That's right. So the first episode was called No Regrets, in case you want to know. It's called No Regrets. And so we got them back on the phone. And it was fun and informative. So we're going to do it the same way we did last time. We're going to just drop in right into our interview. Already in progress. Already (laughs) in progress. That's right. So the next thing you hear will be the interview with our folks. Every marriage has struggles. It's not an easy road, especially if you're doing it for 50 years. Yeah, forever. Yeah. Forever, right, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> so, um, but what we were interested in is how did you guys manage to get through the tougher times of marriage? Um, you know, what, when your vows were tested, <laughs> what did you have? What did you do? Okay, well, um, the, um, the whole marriage thing is uh, a bunch of work. And uh, when we first got married, I'll just speak for myself, I won't speak for even my wife. But uh, there was a lot of uh, growing into it that I had to do and a lot of things that I didn't understand how to, uh, to do well. So we did uh, stumble, and um, some of those stumbles were my fault. Maybe most of them, <laughs> but uh, we, uh, we, I would, I would say that uh, I in particular just saw it as work, and, but it was unpleasant work at times, but, uh, but we never stopped talking to each other, and we never stopped trying. And uh, if I could have uh, all of those moments back, I'm sure I could do some of them better. But uh, I, neither of us ever went away. There's never been a point in time where either of us has actually walked out the door. So we had to work on it. And uh, I believe we, you know, we just saw everything to the other side. I chuckle because... Clifton said, neither one of us ever walked out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that true? Are we fact-checking here? <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's true. I didn't know she left. <laughs> 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 no, that's true. Well, that's true. But there, there are, you know, pretty tense times sometimes where you feel like you wanted to walk out the door or you might go out the door but come back in realizing that there's nothing outside that door that's going to help you uh, move forward. And in order to move forward, you got to come back into the end door and, you know, uh, face whatever is that you need to face. Um, last time we talked, we talked, I talked to you about my grandmother said becoming one. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I, I remember focusing on, on that. That was because my grandmother was really important to me. And, and so in becoming one, I focus more on 
what my husband wanted sometimes than what I wanted. And so what I, what I learned is that um, in order to become one and understand what it meant to become one, I needed to better understand myself. That to become one, to be interdependent on, on each other, you need to be able to be independent as well and understand who you are. And so I think some of the mistakes that I, I made, and Cliff said he made some, but I think some of the ones that I made was um, just busy trying to work towards that coming together without understanding what coming together actually meant. You know, it doesn't always mean that you give up yourself who you are, but how do you grow together? And so I think that's some of what our, uh, our growing pains were. We're not really understanding what it meant to grow together, mm-hmm. you know? And so. All right, mom and dad. I talked about, I talked about being naive when we first got married. Well, boy said to me one day, she said, I'm leaving. And I said, well, can I go with you? Oh. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> Uh, but I guess our, our most difficult struggles have been, you know, financial pressures and uh, oftentimes with a job and moving and uh, just just going through those kinds of struggles. And I can't think of a time when things got so tough that, uh, you know, we just, just couldn't bear it. We just sat down and sort of toughed it out together. So what did that mean for you? Like when you tough it out together? It- I mean, do you fight? Do you argue? Do you sit down and, you know, what what does that look like for you guys? Well, I, I think the first thing most men do is is they internalize it, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something I got to do, you don't talk with each other. Uh, but we've always been able to sit and talk with each other and sort of work our way through the crisis together. I wanted to give mom a chance to speak. Mom, did you have a well, uh, well, I think the question, when, when you say struggles, there are internal struggles and then there are struggles that come about because of something from the outside. Mm-hmm. So what type of struggle are you talking about? Well, I, I want, I want, I'm going to ask this one, answer this one. When, um, when I think of struggles, just anything that would put a strain on your marriage, whether it be an internal struggle or an external struggle. Um, I wasn't looking for a specific example per se, but, um, just to kind of get an idea of how you guys managed that. How did you persevere? What helped you get through? Because the people who are going to listen to this podcast, are other people in marriages and they want to learn from you all, you know, they have the, the, the worser of the, for better or worse, and they have the poorer for richer or in sickness. And, and so how did you, how were you able to get through that bad point? What techniques did you do that you learned? Well, for me, um, I've never been ashamed to talk about how I feel so whatever the struggle is or was, I would tell Laddie how I feel. This makes me feel this way. It makes me feel scared. It makes me feel unsafe or whatever. 
And once I would tell him how I feel, then he would say something and I would have to conclude what he was feeling. And most of the time it was the same, same thing. He just did not um, verbalize it the way that I did. But I think you have to be completely honest in how you feel. If you're afraid, you have to say it. If you feel neglected, you have to say it. Um, it. It's just very important to say what you feel. And I think if your husband or wife is in tune to you, they will understand whatever feeling. And the feeling may not even be justified, but it's how you feel. And they have to, and they should accept that. One of the things that um, I think back on when, um, when things were going, might have not been going well or there were struggles, I always tried to do this, but I don't know if it worked out always. I, I never wanted to go to sleep or go to bed um, with something between the two of us. So, and uh, like Mr. Baker said, sometimes men internalize things and they don't want to talk about it. And um, so that would happen sometimes, even though I'm trying to push the issue, um, rather than uh, you know starting an argument, Cook would rather you know just not have the conversation sometimes. And uh, so those were those were those were struggles. And sometimes um, because sometimes I had a pepper temper, uh, it was best that he not say anything. And he I guess he sort of knew that. But one of the things that I um, felt that I needed to do uh, when I thought things were uh, rough was I went to see a therapist myself and um, then I eventually got Clifton to attend one of those sessions and we went through that session and we were asked um, what is it what is it Constance that you like about Clifton and Clifton what is it that you like about Constance and then we were asked the question what is it that Constance does? What is it Constance that Clifton does that absolutely drives you crazy, and vice versa? And we had a chance in that one conversation to realize that um, that we needed to listen to each other more, and that we were sometimes talking past each other rather than with each other. And I think that sort of put us on the road to going, to moving, growing together. I, I felt that, and I don't know. I couldn't go there, but I really felt that that one session really taught me how to stop talking past my husband, but to talk with him. You know, one of our most difficult occasions is we lived in Rocky Mount, and it was quite different from being in Raleigh. And so Horace said to me one day, she said, I'm going back to Raleigh. Well, I, I didn't plan to go back to Raleigh because that was one of the best jobs I ever had. Uh, and I didn't know what to do. You know, we sort of stopped talking to each other. Uh, so I went to my boss and I said, look, my wife is going to move back to Raleigh. What, what should I do? He said, I'll figure something out. And he called me about a week later and he said, would you like to have my job? What? So wow. out, of our, out of our not talking, I got promoted. <laughs> wow. I'm not certain that that's a good, good idea, but, but at least it was a good outcome. Yeah. Wow. Uh, let, let me let me jump back in on uh, what Constance was saying. 
And this is a, from a different point of view. Uh, but uh, I mentioned earlier that I see this marriage thing as, a, as, as work. Uh, you know, we have to figure it out. And one of the things that I was very bad at at first, especially, probably not that great at it even now, but was really listening uh, to Constance. When she starts to talk about an issue, and when I get home from work, when the kids were small, uh, young, uh, she started talking about something that she cared about. And I basically didn't really want to hear that. You know, I was in the corporate world and I just thought I had to get ready for the next day because we had all these really, quote, important, unquote, things going on. And uh, what I did uh, do, uh, because it just seemed to come natural, is when she started talking about an issue, what I wanted to do was fix it because I'd always see the answer to the problem. And of course, I, it took me a while to learn she had no interest in fixing it. She wanted to have somebody to talk to. <laughs> and I would cut those, I would cut them short. Well, well, we can do it this way. We can do this, this, and that. And, you know, that should go away. Then I was ready to go get something to eat and, and uh, turn on the TV, you know? So, uh, yeah, I think that I think that's the key to it is, is just being able to talk through whatever that situation is. Right. I had I had to I had to learn to 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 listen uh, as opposed to solve the problem. Now we might solve a problem in there somewhere later on, but there, there was a lot of listening that had to take place first. Yeah, but that was that's a part of the work. That's a part of the learning. Uh, I consider myself to still be in training. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll get a little smarter about this or that. I think that's safe right there. That's a so, so we learn. <laughs> I'm, I'm still learning, but I'm, I'm advanced now. So I have some questions, just a follow-up question on that. Um, and, and I'm going to go and post questions to, to, to both couples. Uh, Mom, you said it was important to talk about it and not to be ashamed of it, uh, uh, saying what you feel. I'm just going to throw in the fact that apparently that fell onto your son because he's taught me that you, no one can argue with the way you feel. Like he told me that. And so, but anyway, I, I, I hear that coming out in you and you're saying, well, I need to say, talk about what I feel. I'm curious because just talking about it, like I heard um, Mrs. Stassel say that she basically didn't want to go to bed angry or with something going on. So she wanted to talk about it early, you know, as, as soon as possible to kind of to resolve it. Um, did you all just know when you were um, newlyweds that you needed to talk about it? Like how, did, did dad ever say, I don't feel like talking, or, you know, how do you, how did you get to the point where you figured out, oh, talking is the answer for us? And Mr. Stan, so how did you get to the point where you realize, oh, I need to listen instead of just fixing it? So, Mom, uh -huh. if you go first, and then and, and then come back to you, Mr. Stancil, to answer those two questions. Well, you know, I'm not certain when we learned. It's a it progresses, and. The longer you're together, the more you learn. So I'm not, I can't pinpoint exactly when, 
I learned to say what I feel and ex and I expected Laddie to hear it, not only to hear it, to listen and to respond. And I didn't want it to be a textbook response. I didn't want it to be a joke. I wanted a true response. And I think that's just something I really can't pinpoint. It just happens as time goes on. It it happens. I wish you, you I could didn't read it in a book. No time. pastor said it somewhere. You just figured it out on your own. Yeah, I think um, lots of times we do listen to outside sources, outside forces, even, but. It has to be something within the two of you where you kind of figure out. And sometimes I know when Lad is struggling, even if he doesn't say it. And I think he knows when I'm struggling. But that's a growing process. And even after 51 years, we're still growing in that respect. So I would tell any married couple, it's not done. It's not done yet. Um, I like I like what Mrs. Uh, Stansel said about seeing a therapist or whatever because it helps you. Well, it gives you an opportunity to talk to each other with guidance. And sometimes we do need guidance. Um, but all I can say, it's a growing process. If you ask me tomorrow, I may have a different answer because I would have been with him one more day. <laughs> that volatile. <laughs> you understand? I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. Mr. Stansel? Um, I, th I think I had posed the question to you as well about um, how do you know when to stop trying to fix it and to talk about listening? I really don't know. I, I don't remember one precise moment. I do think at times uh, Constance would say to me, because I always said, believe me, I was an auditor. All I did all day was uh, resolve issues and figure out what worked and what didn't work. That was what I did for a living. So I always had an answer whenever she wanted to talk about anything that bothered me. And I think uh, from time to time, she would just say, I don't want an answer, because my answer comes very quickly. She'd say, I don't want an answer, I want to talk. But I'm not sure it was even that exactly. Because over time, you know, you just kind of figure out this isn't working. This is, you know, like, okay. Uh, okay, here we go again. I'm going to ram my head back into this brick wall, and, and we're not going to get any place. And after a while, uh, you, there is some kind of a revelation, but I don't remember it being at a moment in time. I remember it being over time. Yeah, I think what Stanson answers that the man thing is to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. You know, our job is to, you got a problem, to sort of give the answer. You got a problem, we'll yeah. solve it, right, Mr. Baker? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, 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 and what I like to do, 
if we've got a problem, I like some time to sit back and give it some thought and figure it out. And what she constantly will say is, you know, let's sit down and talk. Well, I don't want to talk at that point. I want to, I want some time by Your myself so I can figure this thing like out. You. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and so so how we come about an answer is sitting down and figuring it out together and as Ms. Sanders said, talking about it among ourselves. Because I'm not certain that the problem is the answer. I think the problem is putting two heads together so you come out with one solution. You know, one of the things that I'd like to speak to very quickly is um, my faith. And Rumel can tell you that when they were small, we would be the first car to arrive Lord. at church and the last car to leave. The last car to, to leave. leave. <laughs> and we were there before the preacher and there after the preacher. <laughs> and but but and because I taught Sunday school, I taught Sunday school to my daughters and their and their age group, uh, which meant that they had to behave and they had to study their Sunday school lesson. But because I had to study the Sunday school lesson, it, it got me closer to what um, Jesus would want us, how he would want us to live our lives. And so I learned a lot in that process of just going to church and, and teaching Sunday school. That meant a lot to me, as it means a lot to me today, as I, when I teach Sunday school once a month now. I, and Pluto can tell you, I put a lot into studying. I read books. I read the Bible. I read my Sunday school uh, book. And But I take a, a lot away from that, and I find comfort in that. So even when I'm not having the best day or we're not having the best day of our marriage, I, find, I can find comfort in that, in the message, in that message that I get from, from church and from, um, from Sunday school. I have a question for the ladies. So for mom and Mrs. Baker, um, we were curious as to how did you guys maintain a sense of individuality while raising um, children, men maintaining a family and working? Um, how did you guys still manage to do all that and still be you? Well, the first answer I gave was by the grace of God, but I did have um, a good support system. And the first mm -hmm. support was from my husband. Many times he would have meetings at night or fraternity meeting or whatever. I didn't. But then when I did, he was available to help the kids with the homework and that kind of thing. Um, also, uh, when we were rearing our kids, Ladder's mother was living and my mother was living. Um, I had two sisters in the area. So with that kind of support, I was still able to do the things that I like to do and the things that I needed to do to be an active part of. And I always wanted to be active within the community and church. And in my profession. So I was able to do that because I had good support. Gotcha. Yeah. How about you, mom? Wow. Different story. <laughs> I, when my kids were small, we lived in a Northern city and there it was just me, Clifton and the girls. 
And so there was no mother on either side to, to provide that support. And I just remember when the kids were small, watching Sesame Street, watching Electric Company, and all of those children's shows, and that's about what I knew. I knew how to let the last thing you pass be the first thing you pass going back if you had it. I knew that, and I knew it's Electric Company. I remember I knew, that. <laughs> I knew all. I knew all the Electric Company songs, and and that was and that was my day. And I did that. Mm-hmm. And even though I did some part time work, I did that until one summer, I took Rumel. Uh, joined up for a summer camp that was about theater and art and it was an all-day camp and uh, the other two girls had tennis and dancing and whatever else they were doing so I'd get up in the morning I'd fix breakfast and in my little Dotson I'd take these three girls all over town and by the time I at the end of the day it was time for dinner I had to pick them up and fix them dinner and I said enough of this crap I am going to work full time. I'm going back to school. I'm going back to school. I'm tired of talking baby talk, kid talk, taking people from from you know this place to the other. And I didn't. I wasn't um, experiencing myself. And so um, mm-hmm. I decided that come come September, I was going to be in graduate school, <laughs> and I was going to get a job and all of those kinds of things. So I. I entered into the uh, Masters for Public Administration program, and I'd been home so much, I was afraid in the first night of class, I literally had to go to the bathroom and throw up. I was so nervous and scared, but I was determined that I was going to step out there and I was going to do it. I did have the support of, of my husband. He was with me the entire time when I was in school. He, um, he took over. Um, helping more with the girls and 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 one time when i had to be out of town for work he he had to comb the girls hair <laughs> and, and my youngest daughter Nick, and my youngest daughter nikki was very finicky about the way she looked when he put those pots he put those powder puffs on yeah, the side of her she's like oh no dad this is not gonna do and she refused to go to school with the way he had combed her hair he literally had to call a friend of mine to come and fix her hair. <laughs> <laughs> one one minor correction. Those those puffs were beautiful. <laughs> 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 uh, so funny. So but that was yeah. the beginning of my coming into my own as um not only as a mother and a wife, but as someone who could do something on her own out of that graduate program. I had many opportunities. I worked for, I became a, a municipal employee and I got to travel uh, in an executive leadership program, went to Harvard and um, Princeton and George Mason University. I went to University of Texas and traveled all around. And I started to feel, become the woman that I knew that I could, that, you know, that there was something within me that I could do. But the conversation that I started to have with my husband changed. For the first time, we were not just talking, I wasn't talking to him about what the kids were doing. I was talking to him about, hey, wow, this is what's going on in the world. And, and especially mm-hmm. when I got my, my, my MBA, um, Master of Business Administration at Wake Forest, we could talk the same language because he was a CPA and an MBA. 
And now I'm understanding economics and what's going on in the world. It was a whole different conversation. And I just felt like, wow, I have really arrived. I am here now. And so it was just, it was over a long period of time that I came into my own as, as, a, as a mother, as a wife, and on my own, stepping out there. Uh, I want to clarify. I want to clarify one thing. Hello. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I, yeah, I, we're I know here. You directed that away from me, but uh, then listening to Constance is a little one-sided. Uh, she had. Uh, she did mention I was a CPA <laughs> and I had an MBA when she was doing these things. And mm -hmm. uh, a part of how that happened was the support that I got from her. Because uh, I, I became a CPA in New York State. It was known to be the, the toughest state to pass the exam. And uh, I had to really be able to focus, which meant I couldn't be a well-balanced dad for a while. She picked up uh, the, the uh, risk of burden for a lot of that stuff. She was uh, working on the house. She was mowing the lawn, she was doing whatever wow. needed to be done. So by the time I had a chance to support her uh, academically, and not academically, but support her, uh, her desire, Through her goals, uh, it, it felt like, you know, it just felt like uh, the thing that I had to do because it just kind of balanced things out. So uh, I just wanted to make that clarification because it wasn't a one-sided uh, thing at all. Yeah. I, and I, I, I want to mention one other thing. I know this question wasn't directed okay. to me. But uh, all right. the, uh, one of the things that uh, when, when your mother and I, when Constance and I were married in Durham, mm -hmm. you had to get a medical exam from a doctor. And mm -hmm. to this day, I'm not quite sure exactly why. But anyway, it was just one of those uh, steps that you had to take. And when we went uh, to a doctor on Danville Street, he gave us the exam, and we were sitting there in front of his desk. And I, neither of us asked for any advice. I mean, we didn't know we needed any advice. So, uh, but he, he offered up the advice. He said, grow together, not apart. And I didn't know what was wrong with this man because that meant nothing to me, whatever. <laughs> but all I wanted was that piece of paper that he had in his hand that would allow us to go on with our lives. But I, I understand it much better now than I did. I didn't understand it at all then. But uh, I think all of that was a part of the thing, you know. Um, um, give, uh, give to your partner as much as she gives to you, and you know there is no balance. But support each other in your individual goals is the way I interpret it now, uh, and uh, it works out better. And I, I have to say, I'm, I'm quite pleased with the way it's worked out. We're very pleased as well. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Just think what you would have gotten if you had asked me. <laughs> I know. Oh, my goodness. We, we're not asking you, though. <laughs> Listen, um, I think we can, low on time, but I think we have enough time for one more question if you'd like to tackle yeah. that um, with us. 
we once had an episode on transparency. And that means, you know, sharing a lot, your your feelings, your anger, whatever you're going, you know, you're feeling, maybe the things that you um, said or did. Either way, what role does transparency play in your marriage? Does it, what does it mean to you and what place does it have in your marriage? Let, will you start first? Well, yeah, well, you, you two ta- tackle it first? Well, I think it kind of goes back to the first question when we first started, uh, when I was talking about not being afraid to express mm-hmm. what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. Um, I think you have to be honest with each other uh, because if you're not honest with each other, then you're living a make-believe marriage. And I think marriage has to be authentic. And in order for it to be authentic, he has to let me see through him not let me just see him, but let me see through him. And I have to be um, the same way in terms of being transparent because pretending has no place in a marriage. And I think the more confident you are, the more secure you are in your marriage, the more transparent you're going to be. I don't know how he feels about it, but... I just wanted to say real quickly uh, before he speaks, um, I think transparency is at the heart of the relationship and it extends, the more tra- the more you can be transparent, the more trust that you can establish in, in, the, um, in the marriage. All right, Mr. Stancil. Okay, well, when, when, when you hear the word, or when I hear the word transparent, when I hear the word transparency, I think of it two ways. First of all, I think of like secrets. And uh, mm-hmm. I think the secrets have kind of uh, evaporated, if there ever were any. I don't remember any secrets. Uh, the uh, other one is, uh, you know, how you feel. There's been a lot of talk about how you feel, the emotional piece. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we've gotten stronger in terms of talking about uh, both those things. Uh, and I think more the emotional piece uh, is kind of wide open for us these days. At least that's the way it feels for me. And it's, being transparent is not easy. It's not easy. You, you have to do it. I think the more trust you establish within the relationship, the more transparent you can be because you know that if I say something that you've never heard before or we have established a good relationship, you can be more, more transparent and you feel free um, to share the information. So it's almost a cyclical kind of a thing. You have to build trust and you have to be transparent. And you, 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 um, the more trust you can build, the more transparent you can be because you, you trust the relationship is strong enough to handle the transparency. Awesome. Yeah, that's what I meant uh, in the beginning when I said you have to feel secure within the the relationship. Um, 
And if you are secure within the relationship and with your, within yourself, um, there's no other way to be but transparent. And they did it again. That was a great episode. It was, it was. I, I'm, I'm glad we do this unpacking thing because we don't get any words in. <laughs> no, we just ask the questions and they just. Yeah, we kind of reframe the questions and just shut up and <laughs> let them go for a while. And yeah. so it's so important that we have this part here so we can reflect and say, girl, did they say that? Did you hear mm-hmm. that? And mm-hmm. I never knew that. So that's what this portion is for. Ramel, jump into it. What is it that just struck you about what we heard uh, during this interview? Well, I think it's important to take away from, like when we asked about the struggles that they have incurred and incurred through their relationship or through their marriage is basically that they had to learn how to grow together. Mm -hmm. And um, in the case of my parents, that also included therapy, which I wasn't aware that they actually did. Okay, wait, let me get this right. Mm-hmm. You found out today that I your did. parents went to therapy. Yes. And I did not know that. And I understand. I was young when I believed that this is, was going on. I know that there was um, a little trouble in the home at that time. Um, nothing bad, you know, for us as kids. But I do remember a period in time where things were less happy. Um, but I was really proud of them because... Uh. Um, back in the 70s or early 80s, um, black people going to therapy was probably a little shunned more than um, applauded. I know. And know? if they were in the church, all they needed was Jesus. I don't know if it was okay to go to therapy back in that point in time. Yeah, that wasn't something. Yeah. I mean, we've come a long way and churches have mm-hmm. uh, counseling. Counseling. And some even have psychologists in the church and they're Christian psychologists and counselors. So it's a new day now, but I do yes. think back when we were children, it, all you needed was Jesus. I, I remember that. Um, yeah. I was that, really that proud that my mom went for herself um, and then also was able to get my father um, to go. Okay. And- now that was a miracle because um <laughs> I'm not, a I, stigma to I, it. especially I think it's harder for men because women yeah. talk in general like the idea yeah. of having conversations and sharing your feelings is in our society a feminine characteristic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so um I just assume that a lot of men is, it'll be harder to get men to participate so when she says she got him there now she did say he went to one but still I was so impressed I was like mm. applaud applaud how did yeah. you do that well, and I believe that my, my dad is a very sincere man and he's a very smart guy. He's going to take it in. And I think he, that's probably what he needed was that one, that one meeting to really understand um, his wife mm-hmm. and what role he was playing and what was going on and how they could work together. I think that's how really they came through this is being able to work through it together and therapy was part of that okay i gotta, I gotta want to go one more thing we should get mm-hmm. the name of their therapist because 
And one session, when he joined her for that one session, session. it mm-hmm. seemed to have opened up the door. Like, I'm thinking, okay, couples need to go to therapy for several months, maybe a year mm-hmm. to get unpacked, but they need to unpack. And she was like, no, we had one session together. Mm-hmm. And in that time, I think that therapist was able to ask certain questions and get them to talk in a way that I heard your mom say that she learned more about what he was really feeling, Mm -hmm. things that she had not been able to uncover in their conversation. So once she learned that there was more and that they could unpack it, Mm -hmm. it was there. She, I felt like she started saying, okay, well, they both realized we can unpack more of this on our own now that we know it's even there. And right. so that's how they were able to, to grow into this, um, having good, productive conversations for their challenges. Right. right. I think it served them well. I, I see them doing the same things even now, you know, to listen to each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they are a great team when it right. comes to working on they're totally different now. They are right. completely well, different. If you hadn't figured it out, they are completely different, but so they have worked me, it out. Mm-hmm. Well, that then takes me to what I got from this whole conversation as a whole. Mm-hmm. What I heard was that every marriage, or at least the way I took it, you could have taken something else, but I said every elegance, every marriage is going to have, trouble because two individuals you know these different people have to come and build a life together they're going to be bumps in the road and so the goal is when you hit a bump to figure out what works for us Mm -hmm. what do we need with all our baggage and our personality types what do we need to do that's going to work for us when we have struggles and conflicts uh, and issues and that that process is not easy and it might take a long time to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but you have to work through it so that you can get to the other side. And then when you figure out what works for you as a couple, then you can apply that to the next struggle and the next struggle. And it gets easier because the struggles are going to happen, but you just have a happen. different way mm-hmm. of handling it. And so many people hit the struggles and then give up. And just right. and if you if you both quit on the same day, then you don't make it to fifty years. Yeah, but, you know. But if you if you hang in there and and commit to working it out and figuring out what works for you and what you as a couple need, then you mm-hmm. can we can be those people at fifty years, saying, "Hey, we made it, and we're happy." Right, and you know what? We call our moms back. <laughs> Because we, we had to cheating? clarify. I don't know if that was cheating. I don't know if it's cheating, but we're good. We did and it we anyway. We didn't even talk to the dads either. <laughs> no, we, we did. The mamas know. We just talked to the mamas. Exactly. Exactly. We just wanted some clarification as part of that str- those struggles that they were going through throughout their marriage. Was divorce ever an option for them? Right. And yeah, and I think um, what my mom basically said was, no, it wasn't on the table. Um, yeah. And yeah. that's the same thing my mother-in-law said. It's just like, well, if he thought it, he never said it to me. And we never talked about it. Like it was never a carrot on the table and an argument like, right. well, I want a divorce. Like, you know, you hear that, you, you I at least see it on TV. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like it happens in real life that people throw out the, I want a divorce, or, mm-hmm. you know, or they, they get married, even with the idea that, well, if this doesn't work out, 
I can just get a divorce. And when you have that mentality, it's a lot easier to just get a divorce or to throw it away or not put the same amount of commitment in. But Mm -hmm. what I learned in this interview, like I said, is that it sounds like, yeah, um, it's going to hit the fan sometimes. And Mm -hmm. you got to commit to figuring out how to get through it so that you can handle things better the next time, maybe even avoid things the next time, but still you got to stick with it to have the celebratory 50th anniversary party and stuff, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. You don't get there by giving up. Well, and I, um, can we go to the next question that we really asked them? Well, I don't know. I don't think I remember it in order. I was just like, I wrote down, things that just stood out so you go to okay. the next question and if the thing i want to talk about isn't covered then we just go back <laughs> okay okay well the thing that um also came up especially for my mom was when we talked about being able to keep your individuality as a mom as a wife you know as someone who has a career um and it was just really interesting hearing my mom say yeah it wasn't that easy for me Nope. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of lost who I was and that was a problem. And I had to come to a point where um, I had to do something to get myself back. And yeah. So what I, you know, what, so we talked about this at the interview and then we also, when we called her, talked about yeah. it. So there were yeah. two parts. And during the interview, she came out of the gate talking about how she was able to find herself mm-hmm. uh, when she could get a job back and go back to school and travel for work. And she started to kind of flex her individuality and confidence um, and and I and I absolutely get that. When we talked to her on the phone, she mentioned how she was so busy being a mom and trying to be a wife. And mm-hmm. um, she talked about struggling, you know, working so hard to be one, like as a family, right, her as a unit. Yeah, yeah, her grandmother talked about that. But tr- yeah. working so hard to be one that she struggled at. Right what it was like to be, uh, to figure out her individuality. And, and, you know, Ramel and I started talking about this earlier. We forgot to hit report court, y'all. We were just talking. And <laughs> it felt like, um, I think, because my experience is it is hard to be an individual and not lose yourself when having kids. I don't know how to be on the top of my game and my career, be the best mama, be the best wife, and live my best life as my individual self. I was like, look, self sit on the shelf for a bit. I got to be mama and figure this out. I got to make the unit work. We got to get to the point. And then there's a time where I can start developing myself. I think if I stayed there too long with self on the shelf, you know, then it would be bad. But I think ultimately there's a time when your kids get older and you get to start coming out and, 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 and climbing off the shelf and, and finding yourself again and, and getting back into it. And that is an important part that we can't miss. But personally, I don't know how to do it all. I didn't do it all. I completely lost myself until for a while. So um, I think that's just kind of part right now, unless you guys know better and please tell me, but it's too late because <laughs> I ain't having kids no more and I'm finding myself at this point. So we're fine. But, you know, maybe other people would like to know how you do it all. I don't know how to do that. 
I don't, I don't know either. I think that um, once you get married and you start having kids, it's so easy. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. You put your kids first and I, and I'm not even trying to say you shouldn't, but I think it's also good to know, or at least have in your mind, like, okay, when they get to be five, then I'm going to start doing these things. So I am still in touch with who I am. And Mm -hmm. when, as they grow, we have plans. Women are planners, right? We put Mm -hmm. things together. Maybe we should start putting our self-development in our own plans as we go through these marriages. And I think that was one of the things my mom was saying too, is that you have to bring some of your own individuality to the marriage so that you can be full yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You can't go into this marriage as a, uh, a half empty vessel and expect to really be able to prosper. Well, then that takes me to something else. She said What's to, that? when What's we that? talked to her on the phone, mm-hmm. <clears throat> she talked about um, if you go into a marriage with baggage then that baggage is going to bleed into the marriage and have to be dealt with. So I think she mentioned toxic, you know, if you're a toxic person, you're going to bring that toxicity to your, your marriage will be affected by that. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I was thinking, well, man, do we need to, before we can go to the altar, do we need to be like, we need to do a weight check. How, how heavy (laughs) is your baggage? How heavy is your baggage? Can you ride this ride or not? You know, Right. I think we all come in with baggage, but it's important to know that we all come in with baggage and that baggage is going to affect the relationship. And mm. we all have, we have to work on it. Right. Uh, to, because, you know, we're individuals. That's, that's, that's part of the deal that we enter right. into. You know what? If the vows could really say what they mean. All right. Okay. So how does it go? Poor, I don't know, but I'm working on it. Right. <laughs> but richer or poor and, and uh-huh. sickness and health is not good enough. Like that don't really say it. <laughs> For when your baggage is really heavy and where, right. when your baggage is really light. No, no, no. Let's, <laughs> we, we always stick on the light part. We remember the four better and the four richer yeah. in mm-hmm. health. You know, that, that other part, like we need, we got a part that says like forsaking all others. So right. we need a part, like when they tripping, like <laughs> you can't make them make sense when you want to walk out the door, you know, like, yeah, when they don't, yeah, when they just don't make sense anymore, like we got to add <clears throat> that we know that there's going to be challenges. It's like, it's built into the process, mm-hmm. but I don't think we say that enough so that it takes a lot of people by surprise that I found the right one. How come we're not just happy? How come it's not working? How come we are arguing? How come uh, we can't figure out how to make, you know, how to, how to agree. It's like, duck as you marry two individuals and y'all going to have some things you got to work through. And it's like a process and you build in. And if, if you stick to it, you can win. And you you said that though, you said it's a process, right? And so what I, I, what I fear about uh, more modern day relationships is that it's not necessarily a process. Sometimes I think it's a microwave. Ah. um, I think people jump into them too, marriages too quickly, uh, jump into it with a mindset of, you know, if I need to, I'll get divorced. Okay. But that, 
if you have that mindset, you probably don't need to get married in the first mm-hmm. place. And then, um, you know, if it doesn't, if we have a disagreement, it lasts more than, you know, three days, I'm out. You know, none of marriage involves a microwave except for dinner. That's it. <laughs> That's it. The rest yeah, of it, it doesn't happen. Yeah, the is a slow roast. So they talk. <laughs> yes, for real. You can get your prop pot out on this one. Okay, it's a slow it's a, roast. The, the, get the get the best flavor. You're gonna have the the crock pot this thing. Um, th- that just takes me back to them saying you have to grow together. Mm-hmm. And growing together takes time. You yeah. don't just pop up and you've grown. It takes it takes time. And then in that growing process, you know, they talk about growing pains. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's Literally. that's that's what marriage is called. <laughs> you know, because yeah. you, you grow, it'll be, but then it's also a great reward on the other end. Because I'm looking right. at them and they find it all figured out, y'all. We were on the Zoom and they're all laid, kind of sitting back on the couch talking to us. And I don't know if Mr. Stancil knew that I could see his hand on her knee <laughs> that whole time and he was just kind of yeah. tapping his fingers on it you know and I was like I see you and my in-laws are all snuggled up guys they had on yeah, the same really, color shirt right they like sure they did. playing I was like they you know sure this did. is not gonna go video right <laughs> nobody else is gonna see this but they had on the same color shirt and they were right. all hugged up together talking I was like I see that and that's beautiful and that's what I want. So let me listen to these folks so they can tell me how to get there. Yeah. I thought they did a really great job and just kind of telling us the important stuff. I mean, the, it, the easy stuff, the stuff that we all want comes after all of that, after all the work. Right. You know, like this is truly like if we could rephrase or rebrand this don't rush challenge, you know, because that's the new thing in the Corona days. We got this don't rush right. challenge that's mm-hmm. going on. And we could just talk about that in, in marriage uh, for, yeah, don't rush to get into marriage because you want to take your time and find the right person and uh, help them uh, let them get their baggage taken care of before you get married. That's that's part mm-hmm. of it. But then right. the don't rush the process of being married and going through the struggle and figuring out, you know, being patient with each other, your spouse, like these, you know, issues happen. There's going to be good and there's going to be challenges. And you, the goal is to get through it, to get to the finish line. We're on like the marathon here. So we ain't rushing, you know, because if we rush to get to the end, the end will be divorced. Like if you give it time, then you learn about each other and you learn to make, things work better learn what it takes to make it work yeah I thought it was funny your mom said you know they's like no we never walked out and she was like well I walked out once he was like you walked out he didn't even notice she walked out because when she said she walked out like I think she walked out the door like maybe she get maybe she got to the mailbox right but she like walked out the door and realized that there was nothing outside that was going to move her forward. And I think that was her grandma's words coming back to her from the first episode we recorded with them. She talked about her grandma said, you got to learn how to be one. And right. so she walked outside and was like, this, there's nowhere to go with this. Like Mm-mm. if I'm going to make this work and then we're going to move forward, I got to go back indoors. She mm-hmm. went back in. He didn't even know she had left, you know? <laughs> um, and so, so she didn't really leave. She just had to take a moment to go, a what do I want? Where, I, where am I going? And, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I want to go forward. I got to go back. 
in to go forward. And so um, I think it was my father-in-law, and I'm sorry, I can't remember. I was taking notes, and it was so funny. We were going through. One person said, I'm leaving, but he said, can I go with you? It was like, no. Yeah, that was your dad. Yeah, that was, yeah, it was so funny. It's like, that's not how leaving works. <laughs> that's how I'm leaving you. You can't come with me. That's not leaving. That's right. but, but that's how the concept of leaving wasn't really a, 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 an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's like, no, well, if you're going to leave, I'm going to go with you. So, <laughs> right. so that, no. I could see that the yeah, divorce probably was never anything on their mind. Right. Like we're supposed right. to do this together. So I, I laughed a lot. This was this was too. really, really good and it was helpful to hear um what they thought and and yeah. just to being able to, to, to get those nuggets. So that was great. Yeah. I had full belly laughs on these head back uh-huh. laughing because it was it was hilarious. They were funny, but they also had so much information that just made a lot of sense. Now, I'm going to say that um, your dad, I think, talked about when they were, when your parents were about to get married and back mm-hmm. in the day when you, was it your dad? I'm like, dang it, how do I not remember this? Which but one? anyway, what? one of the dads was talking about how they had to get a, a doctor's Doc? oh, that appointment. Was my dad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. blurred the dads together. It was like a dad <laughs> said. Um, and that the doctor gave some unsolicited advice. And he told them as about not they weren't even newlyweds, they were about to get married. He told them to grow together, not apart. And at the time he didn't even know what to do with that with that uh, advice. He mm-hmm. he just remembered it though. And I think it's important to note that he remembered it. And I don't think we can help um people who are you know, engaged couples or mar are newlyweds, um, but to a certain extent, but helping them to understand yeah, I want to be the type of older married couple who gives the unsolicited advice that they look back on and say, oh, and I'd like to even do a little bit better than to just say something that they remember but don't understand until they hit it. I'd like to be able to say, grow together, not apart. Now listen to this podcast so you understand what I mean. <laughs> you know, this episode yeah. so you understand what's ahead of you. You know, it it made that obviously made a impact an impact on him because he told he's told me that basically all my life. Yeah, in terms of being in a relationship, you know, and um, so like it wasn't a surprise to me. Therapy, yes, surprise. (laughs) Grow together, not apart, was not because it was was just something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think they really once you hit that speed bump. And your first speed bump, he was probably was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Now so this is starting wait, to come in focus. This is coming into focus for me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I think I actually stopped your thought. Mm-mm, no, right. that was that was perfect. Um, uh, I just, I did not hear that um, growing up. You know, we didn't have the same doctor apparently, but still, um, <laughs> But I like the idea of instilling those things in our children early and and just in relationships in general, just to help remind people 
what's going to make you successful. People are always asking, what's the secret? What's the secret? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. being able to give good answers so that they can take that and run with it. And right. none of them are easy. It's like, oh, that's the easy button. There ain't no easy button. <laughs> they, the, that's the first no. rule, number one. There ain't no easy button. Staples created the easy button. There is no easy button for marriage. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, there Sorry. is not. Um, no. But yeah, you just staple the love together, staple you two together, and be like, you stick with it, try yeah. hard, work on it, yeah. figure out yeah. what you need, and, and keep pressing on. And that's how you get to the finish line. So, yeah. Now, I also want to say, I also want to say this, and I, I know we hadn't planned about this, but I think it stands to, you're, you're, are you deep sighing me? I am. I was like, oh, we didn't plan to say this. What is she you know, about to say? We had, but I want to say this, that, yeah, we are, we are proponents of marriage because we are in long-term marriages, but I don't want anybody who listens to us to also think that they should stay in a, in a relationship that is unsafe for them. That's not what we're talking oh, about. Oh, absolutely. Thank yeah. you. That, that is always yes. needs to be said because it could yeah. be misconstrued that yes. we're saying every marriage uh, should stay together. Yeah. And that's not... That's not true. We don't, neither one of us believe that, but especially if you are in an unsafe, um, mentally, physically, we, we are not advocates of that. But if you have somebody who, you know, that you love and loves you and um, is willing to put in some work for your marriage, then mm-hmm. by all means, but we want you guys to be safe as well. Absolutely. See, that wasn't bad. I was I know, you deep, deep sighing for no. I was like, oh boy. No, that was good. That was okay. Thumbs up on that. <laughs> so funny. Oh gosh. Well, I think that's about it, right? Hey, that was good. I, I feel debriefed. Do you feel debriefed? I feel completely debriefed and all I'm right. really happy about it all. It's it was a good episode again. Awesome. All right. Well, well, listeners, wow. Thank you so much for coming by again. Yeah, we enjoy it. Just speak back to us right on our page. Send us an email, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We like to listen and, and hear what you have to say. And I'm, I'm hoping you enjoy this as much as we did. That's right. If you want to um, relay an email to us, don't forget you can reach us at talk to us. That's talk with the number two us at girlpodcast.com we really girl with three r's that's right girl (laughs) with three r's excuse me (laughs) yes yes um we love getting emails we love getting uh, messages through facebook we love it we listen we respond so please be in touch with us okay so until next time listeners thank you so much for being here until next time peace peace and and blessings. blessings Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Girl Podcast. That's girl with three R's. And if you want to participate in our segment, Ask Your Girlfriends, email us at girlpodcast at gmail.com. That's girl with three R's. (laughs) So until next time. Peace Peace and and blessings. blessings.